For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Coming up on podcast 1893, a baby BMW iX1, Rivian R1T goes further, and so many Chinese cars coming to Europe. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Welcome to a new Patreon producer, Wayne Bunker. Now, Wayne did sign up a couple of weeks ago, but of course I've had some holiday and some other news as well. And so, Wayne, thank you for waiting for your credit on the podcast. If you'd like to get your name as a shout-out and also support the work that I do here, then you can go to Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash evnewsdaily. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. We are your trusted source of EV information for Wednesday, 6th of September. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. By the way, thank you so much to everybody who emailed following yesterday's show. I didn't know if anybody would care about our news, but we took a a week off to go on holiday and we came straight back in to adoption of a baby girl. So thank you very much to everyone who has emailed. I can't thank you enough for the wonderful comments, uh, things that people uh, sent in. Um, I thought you might be kind of curious to where I've been for the last uh, couple of weeks, but uh, that really is really kind. Jeff Murray, Nick Christian, uh, Molly, Michael, thank you very much as well to Andrew and on the uh, Patreon email address to uh, Rajiv, who I love swapping emails with as well. Really kind um, emails. She's napping right now, so hopefully that I'll fall into a routine of doing EV News Daily around lunchtime uh, every day. Settling in really well. My wife and I feel uh, really strongly about adoption, that uh, that if you can, open up your home and, uh, and give a home to somebody who uh, has been through a bit of a rubbish start to life. You should, and if not, that's absolutely fine. We're not going to preach about it, but we, we both uh, are delighted that life has given us the opportunities to uh, extend our home both in terms of our capacity, our work lives. Financially, I'm going to take a step back in terms, of how much, in terms of how much work I do. You may have heard me on the Autosport Formula One podcast and things like that. Uh, that's why you don't hear me on the Inside EVs podcast uh, anymore. Hopefully, I'll still be around to do the F1 stuff. Uh, I Hopefully, fingers crossed, not a done deal, but uh, should... Maintain a role there because they're a fantastic company, wonderful organization. I love making those Formula One podcasts. But yeah, it's just EV News Daily is just going to be it. So I'll be working less, but obviously earning a lot less. But the first year or so of her life of having to move home 
and hopefully recover from the things that she has been through. She's still a baby, but uh, has, you know, it's, it's not been a great time. And hopefully I can, uh, I can, I'll get back into doing more full-time work later. There's always time later to earn more money. Now is the time to spend some time together as a, as a family and, and, to, and to, to help her and do what needs to be done. So thank you so much to all those wonderful emails and loads of people who I didn't uh, I didn't write down their names, but uh, you know who you are. Thank you so much. Right, I'm going to get into it because today's show is a long one. In fact, looking at my show notes, about 4,000 words I've jotted down. And uh, it's roughly about, you know, if I do 2,000 words, about a 20-minute podcast, 3,000 words, 34,000 words, 40-minute podcast. So there's no way I'm talking for 40 minutes today, so let's crack on. BMW have unveiled their new iX1 eDrive 20. It's a baby beamer. And it's going to do 296 miles, an entry-level iX1, sales start now, delivery start November for the UK market, starts at £44,560 for the Sport trim, up to the M Sport of £49,310. For comparison, the X-Drive 30 starts about £7,000 more for the X-Line trim. Same battery, 64.7 kilowatt hours as the uh, X-Drive ones. The E-Drive features a single electric motor on the front axle. The X-Drive is all-wheel drive. And so the range, like I say, is up from about 272 to 296 miles. Both the E-Drive 20 and the X-Drive 30 have 130 kilowatt DC fast charging. And they both have the same interior, so that wonderful curved infotainment display and the latest operating system from BMW. If I if my memory serves me correctly, this does have the smallest battery of all its competitors. And so thinking to Björn Newland, his range tests, he's the Norwegian YouTuber, and he will like many of those guys are really good at doing the the YouTube reviews, uh, charge the car fully, drain it down until it's empty, work out how much was extracted. Uh, looking at the competitors to this vehicle, the Volvo C40 and XC40, that kind of pairing of, of cars, they have about 75 kilowatt hours usable. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz EQA has about 65 kilowatt hours usable, so the BMW iX1 has 62 kilowatt hours usable. Uh, in Björn's uh, tests of the iX3, so the big brother to this one, uh, that's got a bigger battery. He pulls about 74.2 kilowatt hours usable. For comparison, Model Y long range, you can pull about 70 kilowatt hours usable. So this has the smallest battery of its peers, but it's really efficient, actually, to get almost 300 miles out of that. It is a smaller vehicle, but the great thing about the iX1 compared to the iX3 is all the materials are the same. The interior is very similar. It's got a very premium BMW feel. I think you'll either get on with the infotainment system or you won't get on with it. It's pretty snappy. There's a bit of a lag on it, but otherwise the material choices, the stitching and all of that is really premium in the iX1. It does feel like you are getting more car than really you're paying for. But like I say, in the UK, sport trim starts at 44560 
Let's talk a little bit about some records being achieved. Here in the UK, EVs achieving a record share, a 72% surge in uptake. Last month in August, it was a 20.1 market share for pure battery electric vehicles, highest since December, but a record for the year. There's the imminent introduction of the zero emission vehicle mandate, and the industry will know the direction of travel. The German automotive market, meanwhile, had an 18% growth in July compared to the previous year. BEVs battery electric vehicles stood out with a 70% surge in registrations, the highest growth rate again. It's a record for the year. That's 48,682 BEVs sold last month in August, 20% of the total market share. So for the month of August, the UK and the German markets for pure battery electric vehicles showing big growth and about the same. It's about 20% of the market. Many of those are driven by fleets, though, at the moment, not private buyers. VW's ID4 was the top position in the EV bestseller list in July in Germany, capitalising on Tesla's slower month. We were always told that once Tesla opened their Berlin, their European factory, that it would smooth out those highs and lows, but we are still seeing them because of imports from China. At second place, Fiat 500e, and third place was the Model Y. For the year, though, if you smooth all that out, though, and look at the first half of the year, Tesla Model Y still leads the way in Germany. Now, let's talk a little bit about Chinese EVs gaining momentum. I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast uh, ahead of what I'll talk about in a moment, which is a lot of the things coming out of the IAA show that's happening right now. But first of all, China's share of the European EV market is surging, more than double in under two years. And it's the UK which is emerging as the prime European market for Chinese EV brands, contributing to nearly a third of the sales in 2023 so far. Data from Matthias Schmidt, who I love following on uh, Twitter, says that about 5% of the UK's new car sales from January to July were Chinese manufacturers, and that is again dominated by electric vehicles. In the first seven months of the year, Chinese automakers' EV sales in Europe matched their total sales for the entire of 2022. So they're on to break records. MG, owned by SAIC, we still own the MGZS EV, original spec, exclusive trim. We love that car. I've got to sell it because, like I say, I'm going to be winding down a little bit of work and money's going to be getting tighter for us. And, well, it's a car that we own ourselves wholly, no finance on it. And so we'll probably need to sell that in the next couple of weeks to at least put some money in the savings account. It's right, we've still got the Kona. We can be a one-car family. It's fine. Um, MG's historical ties to the UK means that many people have a really good view of that brand. There's a significant design studio in London. The perception amongst many UK consumers is that MG still is a British brand, and they're playing into that. The new Cyberster Roadster will further enhance their British racing heritage image. And before we get on to talking about some of the Chinese EVs and the, what's happening out of, coming out of the motor show in Germany, a mention for Rivian first of all. Rivian have announced their new range leader. It's the dual motor truck, the R1T. No news on the R1S at the moment. 180 kilowatt hour max battery pack on 21 inch wheels and it'll do an EPA range of 410 miles. Now, the EPA's official site hasn't listed the new Rivian models yet, so this is coming directly from Rivian. The 410-mile range surpasses their projection of 400 miles for the max battery pack dual motor. And that is the same league as the forthcoming top-spec Silverado, the forthcoming top-spec Tesla Cybertruck, uh, the GMC Hummer, EV trails it, for instance, even though it's got a massive battery pack. And these are the new Rivian 
developed enduro drive units in standard configuration. 533 horsepower. There's a performance trim of 665 horsepower. There's the quad motor trim you can get for 835 horsepower. But honestly, if range is your thing, uh, get the dual motor. Uh, uh, truck, no word on the SUV, like I say, uh, with the max battery pack of 180 kilowatt hours, which is a massive battery. I know that that's, it's not the most efficient in the world, so they are just piling batteries into it to hit that 410 mile number. Of course, this does, when you think about it, pile more pressure onto Tesla when they eventually, eventually, eventually unveil the Cybertruck because there's so many of these vehicles that have come out the trucks i'm talking about specifically in the period between announcing the cyber truck and actually whenever it hits the road where some of the specs have been surpassed and so tesla has always won on paper now they also win in terms of the driving dynamics for many people as well and the software experience and all those kind of things but they've always had the headlines they've always gone fastest furthest stuff like that and it's all being chipped away at by the competitors i think it's very interesting to watch we'll see how tesla respond tesla haven't had to often respond they've often led the way and so it's just a sign of a maturing market you know that and i know that so it's really interesting to watch right in a second, we'll get into all of the news coming out of the German Motor Show at the moment with news of BYD, Zika, Xpeng, all going on sale, Smart, Leap Motor. Stick around, take a quick break, back in a second, and I've got all those details for you. By the way, if you just heard some adverts and you'd like to get rid of them, it's dead easy. All you have to do is sign up to Patreon and you can be a producer, executive producer, $10 a month. Uh, It directly funds this podcast. Well, it pays my wages, actually, and uh, it pays my bills. And uh, you can do that anytime you want to. And you get an exclusive RSS feed for your podcast uh, app. And then it just strips out the ads. And so you get the whole show ad free. Brilliant. Now, let's talk a little bit about some specifics of the Chinese cars which are really dominating the news of this German motor show. First up, Xpeng revealing plans to introduce the P7 sedan G9 SUV to Germany. Uh, that was made at the IAA show. The P7 and the G9 already available in Denmark, Norway, Netherlands and Sweden, I think I'm right in saying. Germany, therefore, is the fifth European country. Exact launch date will be, we think, early 2024, but not confirmed. There is now a German-language website live. The G9 is the SUV built on their 800-volt platform. Silicon Carbide technology allows this to charge at 480 kilowatts. I'll say it again, 480 kilowatts for the G9. Uh, That's something like 600 amps, or 800-volt architecture, which is ridiculous. The P7, the sedan, is slightly different platform. It still charges 175 kilowatts, and the pricing... We don't know for Germany, but if we, for reference, we look at the Netherlands, again, from memory, uh, the P7, the sedan, starts about €50,000. The G9, the big SUV, starts about €57,000. But what about the UK market? Obviously, we're right-hand drive. We have to wait for stuff, but we don't with Xpeng's G6. They will enter the UK market by the end of the year. That's brilliant news if you want to get a Chinese car full of technology. Now, like I say, it's already on sale. Denmark, Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Germany next. And the expansion into the UK market will include the G6. That's the midsize SUV. Now, the president of the company, Brian Gu, um, 
talked at the IAA show about how the UK market will not see the introduction of the G9 or the P7, which I just mentioned. That's the big SUV and the big saloon. But the midsize SUV does arrive. And that's fine because that's the SEPA or SEPA 2 platform, 800 volts, 480 kilowatt charging, like I mentioned, and the two battery packs. The smaller one won't quite do that. It's a 66 kilowatt hour lithium ion phosphate battery pack, but the big battery, 87.5 kilowatt hour lithium ion battery, really fast charging, full of technology. I would happily have one of these on my driveway, by the way. Now, a big competitor to them is BYD, achieving new record sales, a milestone for plug-in cars in August. Of course, most of their cars are sold in China. 274,000 plug-ins were sold in August alone, and that includes their premium EV model, the Denza brand as well. I'm wrapping into that. BEV sales surpassed plug-in hybrid sales. Again, most of these are in China. They sold 145,000 pure BEVs and 128,000 plug-in hybrids in the month of August alone. Cumulatively, over the last 12 months, they've sold 2.6 million plug-in vehicles. They're on track for 300,000 units a month. That'll be 3 million vehicles for the year. They sell vehicles like the BYD Seagull and the BYD Dolphin. They're the biggest nameplates. BYD also unveiling their SEAL, that's the sedan, the BYD SEAL, at the IAA Mobility Munich show. That's the one that's right up against the Model 3. But it's packed full of technology and actually really premium material. The seats in the SEAL are ridiculous. There's some sort of gorgeous luxury thing that envelop you. Analysts at the likes of UBS have already torn apart, you know, like uh, Sandy Monroe, Tez, apart cars. UBS have done that as well. They've bought a seal, torn it apart, and they've looked at, at down to every nut and bolt and say that it's going to be cheaper than its competitors. They looked at all of the components and the cost and the engineering quality, which are right up there. The quality is good, but the cost-effective nature of how vertically integrated BYD is as a company, they make the batteries, they make the seats, they make the upholstery, they make... God, BYD do everything. They are, they are such a sprawling company, far more than just assembling vehicles, which means they can come in at a price point so much lower than the competitors, like I say, Tesla's Model 3, which is an expensive car here in Europe, by the way. I know you can get it for 30 grand in the US, but with discounts and incentives. But it is still a premium car here in terms of the price. There's also the whole Model 3, Model Y thing going on. So that's the Seal, which is the saloon. There's the Seal U, just the, not the word Y-O-U, but just the letter U, capital U, Seal U, is coming to the UK as well. We heard that at the auto show yesterday. Two versions of the battery, 71 or 87 kilowatt hour, uh, exactly the same as the Seal Saloon. It shares that e-platform from uh, BYD. There's so many things about the Seal and the Seal U that I love. The rotating screen is one of them. I think it's more than a novelty. I think it's genuinely useful. 15.6-inch rotating center screen. Touch of a button, it'll go from portrait to landscape and back again. And it's going to start at around £45,000, UK pounds sterling, when it goes on sale, all part of their expansion in the European market. We had that with the Atto 3. I don't really like the Atto 3. It's a, Obviously, it's a lot cheaper crossover. Uh, there's the Dolphin as well, starting at about £25,000. Uh, but the Seal and the Seal U, these ones that are basically, you know, Tesla 3 and Y competitors, have fantastic price points and really good quality. But so do 
more cars. Let's move on. The Zika. The Zika have uh, Zika has unveiled pricing for their new models in Germany. The Zika 001 starts at 59.9. These are you know, euros, obviously. It's Germany. And the Zika X at 44.9. They also introduced their high-performance car, the 001 FR. I'll give you more details about that in a second. The Zika 001 and the Zika, the Zika X are based on Geely's SEA platform. So 100 kilowatt hour battery and 200 kilowatt rear drive motor or a 400 kilowatt all-wheel drive version so really powerful big battery loads of range on this sort of 600 and something kilometers uh, you would think so the high performance one which i guess is the one that everyone is kind of talking about is the zika 001 fr that was mentioned in china last week and now at the german motor show four electric motors 930 kilowatts of power 0 to 62 miles an hour in 2.07 seconds and yes that is quicker than a plaid from tesla so they say that if you apply the same rules that tesla apply which is super slippery sticky surface a rollout so the car is you know you, you judge it from when the car is already moving so it's not a dead stop and it's not on just a standard road but if you do all the same things it's quicker than plaid so apples to apples it's quicker than a plaid 2.07 seconds zika did say you shouldn't really give that number out though because it's not real it people don't drive on super sticky uh, drag strip tarmac sort of painted on uh, the paint that makes it go uh, super sticky they say but it's still quicker than a tesla whichever way you look at it they even threw some shade and, and said that plaid was dull these days top speed of 280 kilometers per hour they're going to make 99 of them a month so it's not really going to be a big seller but then again nor's the model s but like i say 800 volt system on this they're rolling out new high power chargers in china from the zika brand and uh, their they're so-called v3s which are 800 kilowatts uh, peak power just it just blows my mind just absolutely blowing my mind a thousand volts and 800 amps to get that 800 kilowatts of power holy moly they are not mucking about at geely with their zika brand uh let's talk a little bit about smart another one of their brands they've unveiled the Number three the hashtag three how do i say this it's the smart hashtag three it's a uh, SUV, and so you think of smart cars, I think of smart cars as being the little kind of dinky, quirky, no, not at all. Get all of that out of your head. The smart hashtag three is a midsize SUV. The pro version starts at 43,000 euros in Germany. There's a Brabus version of 51,000 euros. It comes to the market in early 2024. It's 4.4 meters long, so a little bit longer than the smart hashtag one, but it's also lower. The rear-wheel drive uh, has the 200-kilowatt motor on the back of it. There's an all-wheel drive Brabus version that'll do 0 to 62 miles an hour in 3.7 seconds. A slightly longer real base on the hashtag 3 to the hashtag 1, um, but they still use the same 66-kilowatt-hour battery. It charges at 150 kilowatts, and these specs are... Oh, 22-kilowatt oh, onboard charging as well, which is great for the you know, European market with AC charging, loads of 22-kilowatt posts around. These specs are really good, and they're coming out thick and fast from the IAA show. Leap Motor is a Chinese EV startup. They unveiled their C 
10. That's a mid to, I would say, actually, for the European market, a large size SUV. My American listeners might say it's a mid size SUV. It's kind of like a BMW X5 size. I'd say it's a large SUV. Uh, the C10 has LiDAR on the roof, and we're waiting to find out more details about when it will be on sale in Europe. But that's a leap motor. Now, let's talk about. Something German at the German show. The Audi Q6 is being shown off. And I want to mention the inside because there's three screens on the Audi Q6 e-tron. There's the driver to the passenger side as well and the big screen in the middle. The driver gets an 11.9-inch screen for a gauge cluster. There's a 14.5-inch touchscreen in the middle, kind of a floating screen, and a passenger screen as well for audio, nav, more viewing. There's also a head-up display as well for the driver. And Audi are talking about in the new Q6 e-tron, how it's got a self-learning voice assistant that you activate by saying, hey, Audi, which if you say it quickly, sounds like howdy, which I think is cool. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of voice assistants. Um, we got into the Amazon ecosystem really big for years. But since I've moved, I'm moving everything over to Home Assistant, more offline, more local, more Zigbee, everything. I'm trying to detach from the cloud a little bit more. Um, really, a lot of our Amazon devices are turned off now. I got, you know, and the part of the reason why is because I'd have the little notification like flashing on screen and I'd say, you know, a word to wake her up. uh, What are my notifications? And it'd be, um, we think you would like to buy this from Amazon. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I've tried to turn all this off. It's really intrusive now. Um, So, yeah, we're sort of, if anybody wants to buy a whole bunch of the Amazon devices, the echoes and the shows, um, I think we're probably going to move over to sort of, more home assistant-y, locally offline-y stuff. It was good. It was good while it lasted, but it just got really, really intrusive. Um, and just stop it. Stop it, Amazon. Uh, get out of my life. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, uh, but I, so talk about voice assistants. If I can get in my car and say, howdy, that's cool. I like, howdy, car. Um, it says it learns from you as well, and it will set the seat temperature that you normally have. So I don't do all that because it never works. Uh, but if I can get in the car and say, howdy, and talk to it, that's cool. Right. Oh, how many more stories? Okay, like four or five more stories. Right. I better be quick. Quickly, Peugeot are unveiling their E3008 in six days' time on the 12th of September. Uh, an all-electric powertrain and their new iCockpit, 21-inch curved panoramic display in a Peugeot. It's got the iToggle touchpad coming back and the gear selectors moved up to the dashboard. It's going to be a trailblazer for Stellantis's new STLA medium platform. And uh, they said that the top spec, single motor top spec, will do 435 miles on the European cycle. We'll find out more in six days' time. Lucid Motor CEO Peter Rawlinson is unveiling, or is talking about when they will unveil their $50,000 car to compete with Tesla, at least in the US. Like I say, the Model 3, you can get it for like 30 grand. It's not a 50 grand car with the lower spec and some incentives as well. But also Peter Rawlinson was talking uh, in this interview, I think, with one of the TV channels about how we need to have more of a conversation around destination charging and level two charging. I couldn't agree more. It's just such an important topic. I should do whole podcasts on this. We get so hung up on DC fast charging. And don't get me wrong. It's important. If I'm road tripping with my now expanded family um, and, you know, i got a five-year-old and a baby in the back, I don't want to be queuing. I don't want to be hanging around. I'll happily pay whatever. I mean, yeah, within reason. I'll pay a premium to get charged and to get back on the road. But we need to have a big conversation about when our cars are not moving, which is all of the time, really, and where we charge them. Slower, cheaper. 
But anyway, uh, so he was talking about how we don't have that conversation enough. And he says, yeah, there's there's DC fast charging concerns and all those things. But let's also talk about how we can charge our vehicles when they're not traveling. Tesla are next in the news, leading the US fast charging infrastructure funding. Tesla is the top contender for the federal grants being given out in the United States. The Wall Street Journal reporting that Tesla secured more locations than anyone else to expand. In the five US states they looked at, Tesla had clinched a fifth of all sites of the $77 million in grants so far handed out to build charging infrastructure. Tesla's had almost 10% of that, which is the most of any single company. And the reason why, the reason why, and this always winds me up so much, when I've read these grant applications before, take one from Maine. So there was a grant application put into Maine. Tesla would put the hardware cost down as something like $17,000 per DC fast charger for a supercharger. Others are putting in like $130,000 for a DC fast charger. And also some of the others are putting in, oh, we'll do four chargers because that's the minimum that the, 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 the we need to do to get the grant. Well, Tesla always put in eight or 10 or 12 or more as well, which is what we need. So uh, that department at Tesla was read by, led by uh, someone called Rebecca Tinucci, the head of global charging at Tesla. And she is absolutely driving that company forward. A massive, massively impressive job they're doing there to bring in DC fast charging cheaper than, not just cheaper, but significantly cheaper than anyone else. So, of course, I would, if I was handing out the grants and doling them out, I'd give them to Tesla because they're putting in way more chargers at a much better cost. Right, let's talk about Volkswagen slashing the ID4 price again in China. The ID4 Cross, that's the one made by the joint venture with FAW. Volkswagen now starting at about 18,000 euros equivalent. Now, you can't really do that from Chinese yuan to euros, but it is really cheap in China. Second price drop they've had had, by the way, significantly. Uh, and uh, that was earlier this year. When was that? Uh, there was about a, uh, a 38,000 yuan price drop earlier this year. In, in other words, in the last few months, it's gone by about, down by about a third, 10,000 euros equivalent. So they're really trying to flog those ID4s. A couple of quick mentions for some brilliant projects coming online. Uh, LG Magna, which is a joint venture between those two companies, are uh, building a new powertrain factory in Hungary. They announced that at the IAA show in Germany. It's going to be completed in 2025 and have 200 new jobs catering to car companies that want to buy their powertrain products. And SK, uh, the company that make batteries, have said that their development of their prismatic cells, they're the ones that look like little bricks, uh, is going really well. They showcased their battery back in the inter-battery event, didn't they? Earlier this year, uh, normally they make prismatic cells, but they say that they're moving. Uh, they make pouch cells normally, but they're moving over to prismatics uh, for better energy density and expanded lifespan. And it's going really well, they say. So that is fantastic news coming from a big battery maker. I think hmm, I'll say it. I'm probably wrong. I think they're going to go into the future Mercedes cars. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's your podcast for today. Sorry, it's been a long one. Your premium partners are Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map. 
and least planned electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.